Welcome to What Should I Watch? A podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host, T, and every week I help a guest with what to watch next. If you have any comments or just want to say hi, please feel free to send me an email to whatshouldiwatcht at gmail.com. Hey, Grant. Hello, T. How are you today? Oh, tired, but it's good to be back. Yeah, I'm tired too. It's been a it's been a long week, so it's good to be with you again. Well, I'm supposed to talk to Mary this week, actually, but there was some technical difficulty, so that's why you're back here. Yep, you're stuck with me again this week. Sorry. It's uh, it's three weeks in a row. Yeah. I've been watching uh, Camilla, the one we talked about last two episodes, and uh, I think I'm about halfway through. Maybe, maybe a little bit longer. Maybe I think eleven episodes. That's great, because you're you're really busy with work, and I guess you find time to watch it. And each episode is like an hour, so. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a while since I uh, spent some time on a show, so it's been nice having it. I've been looking forward to it when I come home, so. That means you obviously like the show, right? Yeah, I do. When the Camellia blooms? Yeah. Well, for the listeners who... Don't back. Listening to this episode as the first episode of What Should I Watch? Um, We're referring to the Korean drama When the Camellia Blooms. Uh, we, Grant and I, covered it f- over two weeks, um, last week and the week before, and the episode title is To Love and Be Loved is All We Need, Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah, it's been a big show, a lot of cool stuff, really uh, well written and how it all comes about, and uh, the story is really interesting, so I've been enjoying it. I'm glad you're watching it. Well, the show I want to talk about with you this week is completely different than When the Camellia Blooms. Great. Something new, something different. Yeah, and it's very short. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, So you're watching something that you have to watch for like at least 20 hours. Because each episode yeah. is about an hour, and there are twenty episodes. And when the camellia bloomed, it's um, when you say it like that, it sounds bad. I've spent twenty hours. You haven't because well, I haven't yet, but I will have spent twenty hours on a TV show. <laughs> yeah, but you know what they say? Like now, the life expectancy of human in general is like what hundred years. So it's worth it. Do you feel like it's it's calming you, or it's entertaining, and it's I don't know. Yeah, it uh, it it puts me somewhere else. So I think that's why I like it because it doesn't have anything to do with my um, normal life. You know, it transports me to somewhere new because I, I don't live in Korea and uh, 
yeah that that's a very different situation so yeah i mean even for koreans i think that's uh a lot of people would will feel that they're being transported yeah watching that but yeah 20 hours of your life if that makes you uh if that you know kind of takes you out of the reality i think that's worth it right it's been good so this one speaking of you know take you somewhere else this drama although it's short it definitely took me somewhere i felt like i was somewhere (laughs) so there are only six episodes in this drama oh wow and it's not on netflix not oh. on Viki. Oh. Not on Cocoa. Uh-oh. How do you watch it? Apple TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Apple. Is it Pachinko? <laughs> nice guess. You know, I try to read the book when Pachinko came out as a new book. Um, I try to read it. It's too, too <laughs> much of a, like a Dickinson style. It's Tra- just not, Charles Dickens? Yeah. yeah not, it's really not for me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the TV show version of Pachinko is also long, right? I don't know. How many episodes are there? Um, I, It's just, it spans so many generations. That's why. You can't yeah. pack them in like six episodes. It takes time, yeah. The book is like, you know, the book could be my pillow. The book was, uh, I think, I mean, I read the book, but it didn't didn't feel like it was long. I didn't think about it being long. But at the time, I I, uh, I don't think I had read much about Korean culture, so I was really interested in the book. And it was uh, it fit with me trying to figure out some of that history and understanding, you know, about the culture. So I liked the book, but... You have my respect to finish that book. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so this this drama is on Apple TV... And it's actually the first um, Korean shows on Apple TV, um, as far as I know. Not like just any Korean shows that Apple got the license to put on their Apple TV, but this is actually Apple TV production of Korean shows. Nice. Yeah. And they said they spent $50 million for six episode shows. Okay, that's a nice budget. Right? 50 million? Like, I think I just need, like, a quarter of it. And I think I'll be happy <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, for six episodes, you know, that's a lot of money. I don't know. Isn't that a lot of money for six episodes? Uh, it depends. I think, I think when Seinfeld, the last season... I think I remember him saying it was uh, ten million an episode. What? Yeah, he had that budget. I mean, at that point. But though, if it's the last season, that's probably you know the actors' fee and all that because if, by that time it was huge show. No, I mean that was just for the production. Wow, really? Yeah, because they, uh, yeah, because they were making so much money that the budgets just kept going up. Was that like episode said, about going yeah. to the moon or something? <laughs> no, that was the whole season. I think. That's remember crazy. What I'm saying? That's, so that's that's 20 episodes, maybe? Wow. Each 10 million? Okay. Well, I guess... But this, so 50 for 6 is... It's about right for a, a like a major production. Because that was a major production at the time. And hmm. that was 10 years ago. But like Seinfeld, more. like, 
you're just in like apartment and like on the street and stuff. Yeah. Well, some of those last episodes they did, they went out on the streets and they did, you know, they did some other stuff. So that was part of it, I guess. They expanded. So they went out on the street and then they got on the rocket or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think for for them it was like if you're writing something. Before you're writing jokes and you're thinking, oh well, we're gonna be in the apartment. We don't want to shoot anything anywhere else because we don't have the money, right? So we can't write about something that's somewhere else. But for them, it's like, okay, I've got a ten million dollar budget per episode. I can write whatever I want and we can shoot it. That's probably the difference. Wow. But so this show, I mean, that's that's really good. I mean, some movies have a fifty million dollar budget. So I mean, yeah, but it's movie. Like when you talk about movies. Right. You know, especially blockbusters, and I don't know. I think when when movie production says like, you know, whatever tens of millions, a gazillion dollars, I'm like, okay, well, it's a big movie, right? But like, for a TV show, I, I think I don't know. But like when you mentioned Seinfeld, okay, compared to Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Seinfeld or Field, Seinfeld, either one, Feld, Field, Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Feld. <laughs> Um, so does this take place in Korea? Oh, because the show is sci-fi. Oh, sci-fi. So, if Seinfeld spent what ten million? I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Fifty million for this sci-fi thriller, semi-horror TV show is pretty cheap now. Now that I, you know, now that you put that in context, yeah. Yeah. Do you have Apple TV? Mm, no, I had it. Um, I did a trial. I think it was thirty days. So, yeah. Well, I saw. I didn't know this was being made or you know what was happening with this at all. But last year, I thanks to remote work, I spent almost whole <laughs> year in Korea, and I was just one day I was on a I was walking and I saw a giant like a advertisement. Hmm. And I was like, and then it said Apple TV, but it had Korean actor, oh. like a face. And then it said Apple TV. I'm like, what? And, you know, and I really, really like this actor. So that's how I found out that the show is coming out on Apple TV. But I didn't have Apple TV and I was living in Korea. My days were like upside down and like, you know, everything was like messed up because <laughs> it was 16 hours ahead of US time so my day would start at like 11 p.m. and I go to bed at like 5 a.m. and get up and I still have to live my day and I don't know it was really messed up but so you know I didn't think about joining Apple TV and I didn't think I had time to like watch anything but then when I got back to the US you know I'm like I don't know do I need to spend money for another streaming service you know right and then I got some promotion from some company. So the first thing I watched on Apple TV was this. And it's okay. called Dr. Brain. Dr. Brain? Yeah, that's the title. Dr. Brain. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever seen anything or heard anything about it. It's not Brain Doctor. It's Dr. Brain. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good pun. Yeah, I wonder. I have no idea what it's about now. But you said sci-fi, so I'm thinking he's like a um, one of those scientists who like explores things. 
like time travel or something like that. Yeah. So only six episodes, but it's like a very story full um, event full of story. So let me tell you a little bit of what's happening in the show. Yay. There was a special child. He never forgot what he saw once, no matter how quickly it happened. But due to a complete lack of empathy, he was diagnosed with autism. Unfortunately, one day, he witnessed his mom's death, but he didn't show any emotion. Rather, when a doctor asked him about his mother's death, the boy asked which version he wanted to hear. Short or long version, because he remembered every little detail of the accident. 20 years later, the little boy became Dr. Sewan Ko, a renowned neuroscientist. Contrary to the general expectation, Dr. Ko was living a normal life. He is married to another scientist and they had a son. But his son was diagnosed with a severe case of autism, just like Dr. Ko. They also had a cat to help the son's emotional growth and were going to the renowned child clinic. One day, the son died in a gas explosion in their weekend home. Since then, his wife began to act strange, saying that their son is still alive. Then she tried to kill herself, and now she's in a long coma. At one science forum, Dr. Ko announces a successful experiment with mice to synchronize brain waves and be able to read others' minds. He's planning to further his research to a clinical stage, but finds out that the subjects of the experiment must be dead. After failing to find cadavers to experiment with, he sneaks into a morgue with an associate researcher to illegally try to synchronize himself with a random cadaver. But because Dr. Ko starts to have a cardiac arrest as a side effect, he cannot access the entire memory of the dead. But his associate manages to save him with CPR. Shortly after this incident, a private detective comes to see Dr. Ko at his home and tells him that his client hired him to find out what happened to Dr. Ko's wife. Obviously, Dr. Ko answers nothing and kicks him out of his house. But next day, two detectives come by and ask whether Dr. Ko knows a man named Jungi Lim who was murdered. Dr. Ko recognized the name because he was the client of the private detective from last night. Feeling odd that this dead man was interested in his wife's whereabouts, Dr. Ko calls a few places to find where Chungi's body is being kept. He goes to the morgue and tries synchronizing with Chungi's brain. Just like before, there were few images but they were too short and Dr. Ko couldn't find out anything about the guy. After that, Dr. Ko starts to act strangely. He gets a severe headache and vomiting 
and starts to act like someone else. He starts socializing and showing emotions. But the real side effect is that he has started seeing things. One of the hallucinations is that he's seeing a young girl who tells Dr. Ko that his son is alive. Dr. Ko tries to synchronize his brain with his wife, who has been in a coma. But this experiment almost kills his wife, and Dr. Ko finds out that the brain synchronization is dangerous with a living person. And through the continued hallucinations, he also finds out that Junggi Lim and his wife met at a special children's clinic, and there might have been some feelings starting to develop between the two. Also, Dr. Ko learns that the girl in his hallucination is Junggi Lim's daughter. It turns out that the private detective was hired by Junggi Lim before he was killed because he didn't know that Dr. Ko's wife was in a coma. Dr. Ko decides to meet and talk with the private detective, and after doing so, he starts to believe that her son may really be alive. In the meantime, the cops and the coroner discover a small hole on Junggi Lim's cadaver, which was created when Dr. Ko tried sinking his brain with the dead body of Junggi Lim. The police search through the surveillance camera recordings and find out that Dr. Ko snuck in, which makes him even more suspicious. In order to find the son's whereabouts, Dr. Ko decides to sink his brain with a cat that used to belong to his son. During the sink, Dr. Ko sees a few images including a suspicious car from a cat's viewpoint. He calls the cops and asks them to run the plate number. When they hesitantly do so, Dr. Ko finds out that the car belongs to the private detective. Dr. Ko believes that the private detective must be the killer who killed Junggi Lim and has something to do with his son's whereabouts. When he raises his suspicions to the cops, they tell him that it's impossible because the private detective has been dead and was killed before Junggi Lim died. So, who's the guy that Dr. Ko has been meeting and talking with? Well, it sounds it sounds interesting. You've got this doctor guy who um, obviously is experimenting with some things. Do the do the cops know that he is doing these things, like talking to the dead or seeing dead, or he does all that in private? I guess, right? I don't think it's really public at that point. Yeah, I mean, he made an announcement at, at a, like a science forum. Okay. That he was doing like experiments and stuff, right. but it's not like common knowledge that this guy is like able to do these things, right? No, no. And in fact, you know, he was trying to go further. He he needs to do clinical, right? Um, research, um, and then you know it might get more public attention. And but so the only scientific like testing he's done is on on rats, right? Right. But now he's basically using himself as a guinea pig to test. Right, because he couldn't get enough um, cadavers. Right, okay. I mean, if you think about it, let's 
you know, like people donate their organs and stuff, and but you donate your own dead body, have somebody scan your brain, find everything about you. I don't know. Even if I'm dead, like I think I don't want that to happen. Yeah, that's kind of the. That's kind of where we're going, right? In society, in our world. Yeah, but that's also the kind of theme of this show, you know, like how much do we allow science invade w- w- human things, like what right. makes us human? Right. You know? Artificial intelligence and yeah, human and that. Well, so essentially, you have a a scientist that's just doing work, and he's, you know. He's doing some good work, and then suddenly this thing happens to him, right? This tragedy. And now he's like, okay, I'm going to use the things I've been learning to maybe figure out what's going on, right? Right. In my life or in my world and and these people. And cats. (laughs) Right. You know, there's a line in the first episode that, um, as a kid... Everything I saw and touched, I wanted to see what's inside, and I wanted to <laughs> take apart. Take apart, yeah, put, and put back together, or take apart. Yeah. Just see, like w- see how it works, right? Right. So that's his thing, and he wanted to see what's in human brain, because when you think about humans, us, I feel like brain is like you know, for, for example, for cars, if you want to study car you'll probably want to take out the engine, right? Right. <laughs> take it apart. Yeah. But I think to study human, you'll probably need to take out the brain. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of a mystery, right? Because it's not the brain material. Like in a car, you can say, okay, here's like all these different objects that have different functions, right? But the brain, it looks the same, but in certain and different areas, it has different functions, which is crazy think about it's an amazing thing right so here's what i looked up i looked up britannica definition of brain it says the human brain weights approximately guess uh five pounds hey you're close so the human brain weights approximately three pounds which in metrics 1.4 kilogram and it has 86 billion neurons in 85 billion non-neuronal cells. It's so, like it's like a battery of stuff going on. <laughs> it's like a it's like a lithium battery that's just got tons of energy. They talk about brain, measuring brain activity, right? I think. Right. I remember reading about that stuff. We're like to see what the function of one part of the brain is. Is you're you're trying to figure out if we're talking about this or we're doing this function, then what part of the brain is active now after doing that? Right. Is that what this doctor kind of does? There's a scene that you see sort of like younger version of himself, like as a, like maybe starting researcher. Yeah. And it sounds like he was always interested in studying, like, you know, scanning the brain. That's the term they use, brain scan. Brain scan. So scanning the brain together, as in like syncing the brain to people. So your brain and my brain were syncing it together, but they say scanning it. Wow. But this is what I heard growing up is that humans only use about 10% of our brain. 
Have you heard that? Yeah. Like, rage, like it's like, a, I don't remember the percentage exactly, but it's a very small amount of your brain. Yeah. I think I heard like under 10%. Right. Um, and I think some scientists in like Johns Hopkins, I think, um, they found out that it's actually not true because, hmm. you know, like if I, I don't know, if I hit you right now, like you'll probably feel hurt, right? Like physically hurt. Which means your brain reacts to that physical, mm. you know, touch, that physical, like, force. So he's saying that, you know, if 10% of the brain is only active, you know, we shouldn't have so much feelings or, um, you know, like, a sen- sense as a, like, a sensory, like, a touch. Right. You know? I don't know, but I read that um, Einstein... Like, he figured out some way to, like, boost his brain activity. That's why he was, like, so smart and he's, like, a genius. Mm. I don't know. Or maybe he naturally just knew how to use full function of his brain. Yeah, that was a pretty common, um, like, stat that people would spit out. Like, oh, we only use this part much of our brain to show, like, that our potential is way more than what we're actually, you know, capable of, apparently. Oh, but you know, I think I think I'm okay. I don't. <laughs> you don't need to have any more. Your brain is active enough. But anyway, so our guy, Doctor Go, he wants to scan others' brains, so you know humans can read someone's mind. But he probably didn't see that you also obtain someone else's like habits and other memories that you might not want to obtain. Um, and as you see in one of the episodes, you actually obtain, um, like, sense also. Like, what do you say? Like a, like characteristics? No. Like, senses? what's one of the fifth sense? Like, the touch? Yeah, touch, hear, taste. Yeah. Listen. So, you actually get that sense You get the well. senses. The, wow, the touch. Crazy. So, let's say... Um, you know, right now my my leg really hurts. So, you know, if I die tonight and then you scan my brain, you sync your brain with mine, tomorrow your leg's going to hurt. Right, and he's syncing with dead people, right? That's the only time he's had activity. Right, so this brain so syncing right? has to be connected to dead, to the dead. So he's kind of going through their memories, I guess. That's initially what he was thinking, but he didn't see that, you know, you're also accessing other parts of this dead person. That also makes me think about, then he's maybe even tapping into afterlife, possibly, right? No, I don't don't think it has anything to do with it. Yeah, there's nothing about afterlife. But you know what, there... It did remind me of, um, I feel like I talk so much about books, maybe, uh, I'm sure that's not why my listeners click on my channel or episode. And it also happens to be another French writer. I keep talking about this French writer. I'm telling you, I'm not like French literature professional or like, I don't, I did I never published any journals about French writers. But um, the book is called Les Tanatonautes. I read it in Korean. And I actually try to read this in English, but this author is just not popular in America. I don't think people even like know about this guy. 
Yeah, I definitely don't think I've heard of him. His name is in English Bernard Werber. Oh. But his book is called uh, Tanatonot. Le Tanatonot. Um, it's about afterlife. Hmm. But he's a really good sci-fi writer. But sci-fi in a way, um, like it. He doesn't talk about anything sci-fi. <laughs> but if you have to categorize his books, his writing, and he's he writes a lot. Um, it's sci-fi. Hmm. So, for example, this book, I think it was published in like early '90s. Um, it's about afterlife. But what they do is, and you, you know, when you think about afterlife, you think about some like, you know, spiritual or like fantasy, nothing scientific, you know. But this book is about a bunch of scientists um, killing a group of volunteers, almost to death, but not quite dead. And they record the brain activity, mm. sort of, and like body activity. To see if there is an afterlife, right? Where this, where the dead go, and what they see, and they like record it scientifically, right? So it's a book about afterlife, but it's also like sci-fi. It's basically sci-fi. My point is that um, it reminded me of this book, um, because there's also a scene that he, Doctor Go, asks one of his associates to kind of semi kill himself so he can be scanned his brain can be scanned right. because the thing is um, you're, you can only sync your brain with the dead right so they kind of um, kind of put him in a, this like a um, ice filled uh, bathtub mm-hmm. and like almost kills him to see if they can get that activity right before he dies right instead of waiting till he's dead right there's a uh there was a movie when i grew up as a kid it was called flatliners mm-hmm. and it was uh med students that were experimenting with flatlining and they would start to have and what they mean by that is they would come close to dying so they would give you some sort of medicine that would basically kill you and then they would bring you back and it was like a bunch of students trying to experiment on each other so they could feel what it was like to be in the afterlife and see if they saw anything. And then they started having visions and it got really dark. But um, That's really crazy. Cause that was a big movie. There's another book I read. It's actually a like, detective novel. It's by an Icelandic writer. Mm-hmm. What was his name? But um, I don't know if the listeners want to read the book. Maybe I shouldn't spoil it, but... Basically, in the book, um, the killer actually killed a guy because they were med student and they were playing around with that, you know, almost trying to kill each other to see right. what's happening. Kind of like what you just mentioned. Yeah. But that was the premise. That was the, the verdict of the, the book. Well, I mean, I don't know if Flatliners might have been based on something. No, no, no. This book came out in like, you know, five years ago or something. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so the doctor... What does he what does he learn from from the cat and the people that he is scanning? He's basically combining his brain with them and he's sort of picking up a lot of their attributes and traits and 
trying to, and he's seeing what they saw, right? Right. But it's not, uh, it's like from the past, essentially. Right, and you don't know when. You, yeah, you can't. It went tell. In the he doesn't past. know, right? He can't right. figure out how. So he just gets a bunch of information, and there's no way for him to discern what it is. Right, and it's bunch. It's it's basically like a bunch of flashing memories, right. flashing okay. images. So, you know, you just kind of have to piece them together. Right. But, you know, for this doctor, he can guess because he's doing specific brain scan, brain syncing. Um, for example, when he's doing it with this um, dead guy, Junggi Lim, he can guess this was probably because he semi knows what this guy is about. You know, he used to go to the same clinic with his son and wife. So, mm. you know, certain images, he can probably tell what this is about. Right. But if he were to scan his brain with a complete random stranger, he wouldn't have right. any clue. He wouldn't have a connection. This, yeah. Does he have like a device where he can like fast forward and rewind in somebody's brain? <laughs> Did he create like a little remote? Um, no. <laughs> it's like you know what? No, this was two weeks ago. Yeah, let me fast forward to. Uh, Maybe that's what they. I want to do last night. I want to see what he saw last yeah. night before he died. Maybe that's what they should do in season two because they are coming out. With oh season. really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've... six episodes. They left it open. Could the say. the okay. ending was kind of really crazy. Hmm. Are they about an hour long each? Um, I think it was a little shorter than an hour. Okay. But the director of this um, this TV show, Dr. Brain, he's actually a movie director. He's mm. never done any series, like a TV shows or any series. He's a very famous movie director. What was the last movie that he directed? Um, you ever heard about I Saw the Devil? Uh, it's very noir, kind of gruesome. Maybe. Um he made I Saw the Devil and A Tale of Two Sisters. Oh. This is a pretty famous horror movie, Korean horror movie. I don't even want to look at the poster of this. <laughs> um, he also did The Age of Shadows. Okay. This one is actually not a horror. It's more of a historical thriller. But you get a sense of his uh, taste and what he's... He does, yeah. He, he does like thriller, horror... Kind of like unpleasant stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think that's why this Dr. Brain kind of, you know, when you see the poster and then you get the feeling, okay, this is some kind of sci-fi, but then it says the director Kim Ji-un, you know, that's his name. I'm like, okay, this must be really good. But I think it... In like episode two and three, that's when Doctor Go is starting to see like started to having hallucinations, mm. and the way they shot those scenes and like how they edited and um, visual effects and all that, like you can tell it's these scenes were done by the director Kim Ji Un, and it's very, I mean, you know, in a I don't know anything about like cinema and you know. As an, as an art but it's very stylish too mm. like he has his style for sure but yeah it's actually really scary like beyond sci-fi thriller scary so <laughs> in like episode 2 or 3 I had to like question myself should I keep watching this show or not like is it really gonna be scary you know right so I actually stopped watching it for like a few days yeah and then I kept thinking about the show like 
okay, wh- where's that gonna go? Like, right, what's you know? gonna happen? So, I came back and finished it, and I'm glad I did. But yeah, this is sci-fi basically, but it's definitely a, a somewhere between thriller and horror, even. And he pretty much only did movies before, right? Yeah, only. Um, and he won some like international awards too. It sounds like it would be something that you'd would dig into and watch, and um, yeah, like just for to see what happens next, you know, visually and where he's going, because the um, the plot line, the context of uh, you know going into someone's mind I mean that's pretty uh, unique um, so just getting back to the story you know you'd mentioned that there's a private detective that's working with him and he's also a suspect so uh, he comes to him about the license plate and you know, and then you mention this guy who he's like, "Hey, this guy," and then the detective says, "Well, that guy's already dead." So that brought up all kinds of questions in my head. Like, okay, again, are we going backwards? Is there some time travel, or like, what is he actually seeing? Is it real? Is it fake? So, if this guy is actually dead, like, how does that even happen? Right, that's a good question. So, yeah, basically, it's like I recorded this episode with you. And tomorrow somebody asked me, like, hey, what did you do last night? And I'll say, you know, oh, I recorded my podcast with Grant. And the person was like, what? He died three days ago. So how did you do that? Right. So are you a ghost now? Like, that's basically the situation. Right. So could he be wrong? So when I was watching this, my first guess was that you know, it might be a different person. Right. Maybe this guy who's who told told Doctor Go that he's a private detective. Maybe he's pretending to be someone else. Right. You know. So I was like, okay. But then I was like, this is not a crime show. This is not about. <laughs> I feel like you know because this is a six episode show. I'm like, I was trying to be smart at that point. I was like, okay, in six episode, I don't think they're gonna steer the story to like have another layer like okay somebody's catfishing and you know we as an audience you have to figure out who this person is like i think that's too much going on in six episode um but so it had to be more of a logical reason why right so i'll just tell you um there's a lot more to the story than this little piece so i think i can just tell you so this guy is actually another hallucination Okay. So Dr. Ko is seeing hallucination of this private detective and he oh. is actually a private detective he's claiming to be. Okay. And he's died. He's dead. Okay. So how is that a hallucination? So remember the number one cadaver? Yeah. He's synced his brain with? Yeah. Because like nobody wanted to sign up for a clinical trial. Right. The random cadaver he synced his brain with? was actually this private detective's body. Okay. So now it's getting jumbled up in him, all the different people that he's connected with? Right. Okay. So now he's having trouble figuring out what's real and what's not. 
Sort of, yeah. He has to figure uh, out while also he's trying to confusing. figure out uh, who this guy was and whether really his focus is that because he's starting to believe that his son is actually alive, like his wife kept claiming, right. kept insisting. So he's trying to figure out where his son might be. And if not, like, did his son really die in a you know, innocent gas explosion, which right. doesn't make sense because it was pretty nice. You can see in the drama, like it's pretty nice weekend house in a, like in the forest and all of a sudden there's a gas explosion. That's kind of suspicious, you know? So really Dr. Ko is trying to figure out through these images and through the brain scan, brain sync, he's trying to figure out where the sun is. But he's also learning that he could talk to these hallucinations. Wow. Like, you know, he's he, like, he can interact with them. Not like, not like interaction. But he's he. It's more like it's more accurate to say he's he's learning how to manipulate the hallucinations. Okay. So he has like power over them in a way. He can control them. Um. You know, he goes to Junggi Lim's house, mm-hmm. and like because he already scanned his brain with Junggi Lim, he naturally knows the security door lock <laughs> right. passcode. So he enters the house gotcha. like it's, it's his own house, and when he gets there, he gets like severe pain in his stomach. Oh, and he like literally passes out. Wow. And that's because and he saw some images when he like passed out and he figures out that he probably got stabbed in his own house. Oh, so he's feeling the pain of the yeah. death. Oh my goodness. And but but because he's there. Right. Right? Right. So, so he figures out it was probably this spot right huh. here. And then he's seeing some images, so he like puzzled them together, like, okay, those two guys must be the suspects. Wow, okay. Yeah, gotcha. It kind of reminds me of the movie Ghost in a way. You know, one of the funny things in the show, because he obtains some, like, cat skills. It sounds like a cat skill. Yeah. Cat skill. Cat skill mountains in New York? Yeah. Cat skill. The cat skills. No, I'm saying, like, he obtains... (laughs) Skills of a cat. Skills, yes. Skills of cats. Um... He kind of acts like cat. What what skills does he get? Can he claw people or lick people? Or? So he was like, he went to this house. So he's doing his own like kind of detective work to right. figure out where the sun is and who this guy is about and where he died and who died and whatnot and and also because he's a suspect, so he's trying to kind of do his own own investigation. But he goes to Junggi Lim, the dead man's mother's house. So basically, the little girls grandmother's house and it's in the like countryside and there was like this group of boys playing like baseball in the field yeah and one of the boys like hit the ball kind of out of the field and the ball was like about to flying towards him Mm -hmm. and he wasn't even looking at the ball so he's like he has his back turned against the ball right but like the second ball started to fly he like 
stretches out, stretches out his arm mm-hmm. and grabs the bowl. Oh. So it's like an instinct, like cat. Yeah, yeah basically like he a cat's instinct. just claws instinct. it out of the midair. Yeah. That's great. And... That's really... Yeah, that, that makes sense. That'd be funny. That'd be fun to watch. And my favorite was that... <laughs> so he figures out that the little girl that he was hallucinating is actually um, alive. Oh. Or could be alive. Could be alive. So he tells a detective, and there's some episode that goes back and forth. So detectives start to believe him, and mm. they send out this um, large police enforcement, police search team to this like mountain area to, to find, the to girl. find the girl. So, you know, like, human beings... You're just you're just like scanning the ground, right, with the right. sticks and with the flashlight and everything. So you're just everybody's, you know, it's a large group of cops. So they're just everywhere in the mountain trying to find the girl. And what Doctor Go does is that he climbs up the tree, <laughs> and it's like I mean we're talking about really tall, um, almost like a you know large Christmas tree, pine tree. Yeah, big pine tree. He climbs all the way up there, like, and he's scanning the whole forest. <laughs> <laughs> and he detects very, very small movement somewhere uh, super far. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I never had a cat. You had a cat. So I guess cats can see, like, a small movement somewhere and they go after it. I guess that's how they hunt. They have very good vision in the dark. Oh. So... Yeah, it is based on movement, but if you if you look at a cat's pupils when they open, oh. basically what happens is when when the, you turn on the light, it their pupils get really small, the little black part of their pupil. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's called. I think and, Carmen does that too. And then when you when it's dark, their eyes get really big and they and they stretch open so that they can get more senses and the way their eyes are built is, is it is movement but um, don't our eyes do that yeah but not to the same extent oh. and the shape is a little different there's theirs isn't round it's like a slit yeah that's what they do in this drama like when he sees things yeah a certain way, he sees things like, a certain yeah his eyes become like it's like a just kind of like 11 two numbers yeah like gotcha. in each eye, yeah, 11. Yeah. yeah they're super uh sensitive oh to, that makes to sense movement. because they're doing this girl's search at night Right. So he goes up the tree. Yeah, so he would have better vision than anybody there, for sure. Yeah, and then he just scans the whole, like, entire forest, and he detects, like, this movement. Well, I was going to ask if they brought dogs. Did they bring dogs? Yeah, they had a dog. and yeah. you So know, a dog like a whole... is there for the nose. Right, right, right. But a cat, yeah, would be there for eyes. Yeah. So he that's, finds that's the girl. Funny. Yeah, so at the end of the search, because he detects this movement, like, super far ahead somewhere. <laughs> And then the whole search team, like, they change direction. They go there, and then they found the girl. So now they is Ko getting credibility with the cops at this point? Right, he's... and because he kept, <laughs> like, also there was some other episode that he kept insisting that he wants to scan the brain of right. someone else, and the cops are like, that's when the cop found out that he's really kind of lunatic scientist. Gotcha. So first, like, detectives are like, you're a suspect. You're not a, you know, you right. can't re- request anything like this. You know, you right. can't scan anyone's brain. That's not even approved science, um, like, what do you say, like, science method? Like, science practice. Right. Yeah. Like, they don't even believe, like, that exists. They really thought yeah. Dr. Ko was just, like, some lunatic. Like, yeah. what's that guy's name in um, Back to the Future? 
uh, kind of white Doc. hair guy. You just called him Doc. Oh really? I you mean, know, I he's never got a name, but Doc. I never watched Back to the Future either. Oh, you're missing out. But I know about that crazy kind of. He he's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, the crazy. He's he's an eccentric. Okay. He just looks crazy. <laughs> he looks a little crazy. <laughs> But he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't, he's not visible, like, they don't show him being crazy. He's more like a guy who... Oh, so he's not a bad guy? No. He's okay. He's got a house with a bunch of inventions, and he's basically, oh, okay. everyone knows he's a scientist. And this kid, Michael J. Fox character, would just go to his house because, like, you know, he, he, he thinks he's interesting. And he likes, you know, he's interested in what the doc is building and making and all that stuff. And plus, he plays guitar, and he's got a big amp set up at the house. So, it's interesting. Um... But, yeah, I was just talking. So, yeah, the detectives think Dr. Go is just, like, one of those, you know, typical lunatic scientists. And But they start to believe him that, like, also they start to believe that this brain sinking does work. That something happens. It's real. Yeah. Although the premise is really interesting. So tell me again, he's basically trying to figure out what happened with his wife and his kid, right? Well, or wife is in comma, but later at the end, you find out why the wife is in comma, right. whether the wife really tried to kill herself, right, and whether the son is, is alive. actually alive or not. You find all that out at the end. How old is the son supposed to be? Um, you know, like eight, nine, something so like that, okay. like a young boy. And that's also the image of the young girl that Dr. Go kept hallucinating. Okay, it's about the same age. Yeah, but the girl is actually found alive. Wow, so he rescues rescues the young girl, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, that could be also the premise for the... He could be working with the cops in the future. Oh, for the, for the season, season two? Yeah. He's like a special cop helper, because the cops would go to him and be like, hey, we've got this thing, and we you know need your help. You know who plays this... Uh, Dr. Go character. Who is that? You know, we talked about Parasite last episode about that crazy maid in Parasite. Yeah. But the rich guy, the man of the house. Yeah. He's playing the Dr. Go character. Oh, okay. I know him. He was in uh, some other things that I saw. Yeah. I mean, I I I like him a lot. He's a really good actor, so... He always... uh, I know the guy's face. He reminded me of... um, the soccer player. <laughs> what? Youngmin Sun. Really? The guy who plays for Tottenham. Yeah. Is it because like all Asians look alike? <laughs> no, they're. I don't think they look alike at all. Is similar in how they move their head. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. He has hmm. a very unique voice too, so you recognize his voice right away, or I recognize his voice right away. So if I recommended any shows. It probably had him, one or two, so you definitely saw him in something else. Is that the Korean title also? Dr. Brain? Yeah. It's the same, I guess, because it was Apple. Okay, yeah. It's the same. That's great. You know what's funny? Like, in the show, I recognize... So, there's a scene that Dr. Go's wife goes on the computer. She's trying to figure something out. And it's it's like this giant Apple desktop. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like a what? What? Not MacBook. Uh, what's what is it? Like just MacBook Mac. Pro. No, not like a laptop. Just regular a desktop. desktop. Yeah. 
So it's like this giant screen, and then you see, I think it was OS Catalina or something. I recognize uh. it right away. But I think iPhones are getting popular in Korea, but in general, like a lot of Korean websites are built for PC. So it's kind of rare that, especially like a science person, right. if you're not in like design or like a you know arts field, it's kind of rare the scientists would have like a giant <laughs> Apple computer. So I was like, oh, definitely, yeah. Who this made show. this? Yeah, that's funny. Um, and then everybody uses Apple phone, right. iPhone. You see and, iPhone in everybody's hand. But I noticed that the bad guys in the show, yeah, they don't have an iPhone. Oh really? Do they have Samsung or LG? It was it was not iPhone. Oh. I don't know if that was intentional I'm sure it was or. Intentional. You think so? Yeah. Apple was like trying to keep their image up. They're like. I don't know. Maybe giving... maybe the listeners can watch and tell you what they think about that. Yeah. That's a good little task because uh, I mean I'll I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. So every time you see, but also that maybe that's a hint. If it's a bad guy, you know they. They don't have an iPhone. <laughs> Maybe you just gave away a spoiler. So if you see a character and they are not using iPhone, that means oh, it's a bad guy. At the end of the yeah, at the end of the show, you find out that they're the actually bad guy. But yeah, I think the question is really, I kind of briefly mentioned in the beginning, um, how much do we allow science? You know, I heard now. You can customize your baby. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Designer. Designer babies. I think, uh, you know, it's just the next step, right? It starts with, okay, we're going to do artificial insemination or whatever. And then it turns into, okay, now we can kind of change the DNA, right? What can we do? I feel like I saw a movie about like everybody's perfect everybody's like you know beautiful smart and everybody's perfect and there's like this like a what do you call like a a slum and those are the real people Mm. um where that's where the real people live like so they were they they were born as like a natural is it the matrix you know what? That's another movie it's I didn't really like the, watch. Kind of like The Matrix. No, I didn't really watch <laughs> Matrix. I, I didn't watch a lot of famous yeah. movies. Did I think you, I might have watched Matrix, and I, I think I probably turned it off asleep. or something. <laughs> yeah, either I fell asleep. I fell asleep watching Star Wars. <laughs> I can't get into Star Wars. Um, I think Baby Yoda character is cute, but I can't get into Star Wars. <laughs> Hey, that's Mandalorian. I think that's on what? Apple, isn't it? No, that's on Disney. Never mind. Mandal what? The Mandalorian. That's the one with the that's baby Yoda? Yoda. It's the baby Yoda. Oh. Yeah, see, I don't know. But that one's on Disney Plus, okay. so never mind. But, um, yeah, so you can have your designer baby, and what's next? Well, I read that they were allowing, you know animals to be obviously cloned and the meat to be sold and all that kind of stuff they already did that actually what was that um i think it was yeah recently something was rhino like a rare breed of rhino that was it was really literally the last rhino on the earth Uh, so that type 
they cloned the DNA and they reproduced wow. the rhino's descendant. I think in that sense, I highly, highly agree. I fully support the idea of whatever you do with the DNA and reproduction and mm. all that. But it's it's kind of scary. We could be creating humans. But I don't want you to scan my brain when I'm dead. <laughs> That's a scary thought. You think somebody will do that by the time that you're dying? I think, you know, with where the world is going and if this brain sinking is actually possible which is maybe maybe it's possible already who knows maybe there's some science somewhere who's actually already doing this yeah and probably maybe already i'm sure successful. yeah but who knows like maybe some 50 years later this is one of the choices like hey do you want to cremate or right. do you want to be buried <laughs> and when you like, have your brain scanned do you want to scan your parents brain so you can keep their memories together right I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. This show seems like it's also mystery. It is. So is that something that you feel like Koreans like? Oh, yeah. I feel like just about every show I've watched, there is some element of that, of mystery. I think for Koreans, they... And I, you know, I said this in the last episode. They don't like more and more, too... They don't like a show that can be defined in one genre. Right. It has to be everything. It, it's such a high demand, <laughs> <laughs> picky audience. Right. You know? Um, and I heard something similar about like Korean consumerism too, but mm. they are, um, I guess, in a way, hard to please, <laughs> maybe. But also very sophisticated. Mm hmm. To speak in a good way, you know. So it's not like a mystery, like Agatha Christie's mystery, right. you know. Like right. it's, there's always a room for you to guess, room for you, room for the show to go many different ways. And even this, how this Doctor Brain ended, is that like, you know, I would say like two third of the last episode, you're getting the the resolution of you're getting the um what do you say like the resolution you're getting the conclusion or yeah you're getting the conclusion you're solving the puzzle or whatever yeah of what's happened so far right and then the last one third of the last episode you're like what <laughs> <laughs> is this lost <laughs> and it definitely leaves the door opened for the second season. Oh, cool. And I kind of got like a little mad when I saw oh. the last scene. I'm like, oh my god. Huh. That yeah. sounds like fun. Now you want to watch it. Koreans call that open ending. Okay. Do you say that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Open for interpretation. I think um, I think a lot more Koreans nowadays, they like open ending. I mean, creatively, yeah, I'm always surprised by the level of creativity and like how they solve the, the problems of writing through a show you know but yeah this show is all about so much about visual that's um, good and 
you don't have to be super smart. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand this show. If I understood it, I think anyone can. Because oftentimes I watch something and how many times I ask you like, what? What happened? <laughs> what? I said this to Mary too. Like every time I watch something, I have to go on Google and <laughs> ending explained. I have to Google. <laughs> to try and figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, I understood this drama fully. So anyone can. And yeah, it's it's sci-fi, but mystery, thriller, a little bit of a horror, um, visually kind of like really scary scenes. And a lot of like, I would say like a, on a color spectrum, it's very dark. So if you're watching it on like, mm, gotcha. you might want to turn up the brightness on your screen a little bit, whatever you're watching it on. Well, let me ask you this. How much of your legacy you want to leave when you die? Legacy? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think a lot of people have that. A lot of people talk about that. Or you hear people talking about that. But mostly I hear like famous people or artists or people that have actually produced something in their life. You know? And uh, or maybe parents that have kids, right? I feel like that's one of the reasons you have kids is you want to leave some of yourself behind. But it's certainly a question worth asking. I I write songs, so I think about sometimes like, oh, someday I'll die and someone will like uncover all these songs and be like, what is this crap? <laughs> like. like Oh, let's just let's try them out and see what happens. You'll be like Chopin. <laughs> but that's that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think about legacy. I don't know. What about you? I don't want to leave any <laughs> nothing, <laughs> any piece of me, anything about me. Like I want to be gone, gone. But my point is, I asked you this because I wanted to close this episode with a little bit of a hint about this drama. So. My question to you, how much of a legacy you want to leave or how much of yourself, really, you want to leave? Let me give you a short answer. Maybe just a little bit of myself. Okay. <laughs> How's that? Is that better? <laughs> well, that's really Maybe a little what bit. this drama is about. Okay. Gotcha. So if you ever thought about it, how much of... I think it's the same thing like with the... You want people to remember you or not remember you? Whether you want to be, you know, some people want to be right. cremated. Some people want to be just buried because they don't want their body to be burned. All of that. If you ever thought about yourself and how you want to be gone or not be gone, you should watch the drama because that's really what this drama is about. Interesting. Oh, I didn't even think about that when we were talking about it's it. Science is really philosophy. Yeah. True. Socrates. Plato and Socrates. Do you have any other questions? No, I don't think so. It's 11.20 p.m. I'm going to let you go. Well, thanks for bringing this one to my attention. It's definitely piqued my interest. It's uh, different, I think, than anything we've ever talked about. So. Very different, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited. Really life philosophy. Now I just have to go get a free membership <laughs> to <laughs> Apple TV and then I can watch it. Hey, maybe I Apple can, can sponsor yours. my podcast there now. There you go. 
Well, yeah, I want to hear your opinion about science and human and, you know, just in general, that ongoing debate about how much science can invade humanism. I want to hear your thoughts and I want to hear um, if there's anything, any experiment or anything, any project going on that you know about that you want to share, uh, send me an email to whatshouldiwatchT at gmail.com. You literally had your eyes closed. I'm going to let you go. 